Welcome to Sermon Audio from King Street Church, where it's our purpose to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. For more information about our church, please visit our website at kingstreetchurch.com. James 3:13. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, and the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but it's earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruit, unwavering without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. It's very intriguing to me where this text is in the book of James. James just taught previously in this in this chapter about taming the tongue, about the tongue and its flammableness. That's how Matt said it. How it's quick to, to spark up, to, to start a fire, to, to start trouble and how we should be self-controlled and how we should bind up. And put our tongues under submission. And then right after this text, James asks the question about why you have quarrels among you. And then speaks about the quarrels that wage war within your members. When I see the tongue and then I see these quarrels, it makes this really small paragraph very, very precious to me. Wisdom is a, is a gift and it is an absolute treasure in the Christian life. We see it in verse 13 that it is shown by good behavior and deeds and gentleness. And it's that simple. But it's not that simple. Because if it, if it was that simple, we wouldn't seek for it as much as we do. As much as, as, much as we need to. It's something that we want to seek when we seek it in sermons, when we seek it in fellowship, when we seek it in discipling each other, when we want to find that that person or those people that may be more mature in their faith than we are. A common prayer is asking God for wisdom, for for making decisions, for how to deal with a certain situation, how, how we live our lives. Or even asking for wisdom to share wisdom, to give advice. We're constantly understanding how inadequate we may be. But knowing that wisdom is there. Because God promised that it was there. Today I will share with you uh, what James James shows us about wisdom. And how to discern wisdom from below from wisdom from above. When we think about all that 
God has said in his word throughout the Bible about us receiving wisdom and how he richly gives it. We understand that it is his business and it's his pleasure to share with us wisdom. It's no secret. He does not want us clueless. God is not a God of confusion. But it also makes sense that the entities in this world would not only consider themselves to be wise, but find pleasure in wickedness and teach foolishness as if it were the wisdom of God. In Proverbs 14, 12, it says that there's a way which seems right to a person or man, but its end is the way of death. So man can look at something and determine and, and, and think and be very confident that this is the right way to go and is leading toward death. Let's look at verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. You see, what we have here is a heart of a person. We're talking about a person that is harboring evil, but in arrogance, they will still consider themselves wise. They will still consider themselves justified. They will still consider themselves correct. And what they're doing is lying against the truth. If, if this source of what I said earlier about what man seeks, when we see this, this, this nasty bit of arrogance, when we see aggressiveness, no, no gentleness, and call that wise, it's a lie. So therefore, James will say, if this is your position, you are arrogant and you're lying. Don't do that. That's why James is saying that this is not wisdom from above. Because this wisdom will take bitter jealousy and selfish ambition and parade it around this true wisdom. And it's absolutely deceitful. So let's begin to look more into this wisdom that James is saying is not from above. But we'll start with his source. Look at verse 15. The, this wisdom is not that which comes from come down from above, but it's earthly, natural and demonic. OK, so these what, what is our source? Here's our sources. Earthy, natural and demonic. First, when looking at earthly, earthy, this will plainly describe the world. Plain, simple, it's, it's dirty, it's a lot of times you'll see parables where he says, I use earth, Jesus will say, I use earthly excuse, uh, um, earthly examples. But it also can describe man in, its, in his sinful, sinfulness. It can point to those carnished, carnal desires and foolish systems and philosophies. But above all things, when you think of earthy, you'll it'll point to frailty, finiteness. 
in endless like there's no endlessness it's, it's death the weak and Romans 8 6 says because for the mind to be giving up to earthly things means death before it to be given up to spiritual things means life and peace synopsis earthly things will produce a wisdom that is not from above. We look at natural. Man is natural. And I know we know this one. We see this all over the Bible. Man is completely depraved, which means completely bound by sin. Every thought, every deed, every desire, action is bounded and pressed down by sin. When referring to man, this once again directly points to a a carnal heart that fills the godless souls that roam through this earth. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says in in chapter 2, verse 14, but a natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him and cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. Natural things will not produce wisdom from above. What of demonic? That seems like the easiest one. That seems like the easiest one to see and observe. But we know what that is. Let's look at what Jesus says uh, about the Pharisees in John eight forty four. He says, "You are your father, the devil. You are of your father." The devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. What about his father? What, what, what's who is, it, who is he talking about? He's talking about the devil, right? He says he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. In Revelation 12, 9, he is called a deceiver of the nations. There's no truth in him whatsoever. He's using all of his power, all of his resources to deceive, disarm and distract the world from God's wisdom. Demonic things will not produce wisdom that is from above. When we look at these sources and we see we can see these as like just words or ideas. I took very little amount of time describing these words and we can say, okay, well, well, that's bad. And we can tell that they're awful, but just like rat poison. The poison tends to hide in good food. So remember what I just said earlier. What I just said earlier with man is that man can think that they are going the right way and it leads to death. And Galatians even tells us that Satan can come as an angel of light. So that by no means does that mean just because the idea or the thought or the or the whatever looks good. It's from a good source. 
So we should be very diligent in being aware of the sources that we take in. That YouTube influencer may look really good. They may have everything going for them. They may sound good, may make you feel good. But where's their wisdom coming from? When you give advice to your friend, to your church member, to your family member, where is that wisdom coming from? When you think about rules such as face mask mandates, whether you agree or disagree, what is the source of your actions in your rebellion or following it? Test your thoughts. For our hearts are deceitful. We have to do uh, prayers of confession because we are so prone to wander. We are so easily deceived. Where do you turn to for your wisdom? When fear overcomes you, do you seek God? Or do you in your mind, try to find the most convenient ways forward, the quickest thing you can get to for relief. Does these ideas, uh, did these ideas that the world promise help you the most? Will it help you? Will it actually relieve you? No. Do not be fooled, people of God, because these sources can become a lot less awful when you take your eyes off of God's promises. I'm going to say that again. These sources, earthly, natural, demonic, can look a lot less awful when you take your eyes of God's promises or what God has said. But now that we see the sources, I want to show you what James says are the deeds of this wisdom. 13, we see that these de- there's some deeds that show good wisdom. And he's asking who was wise that these deeds show. So, of course, with these sources, there must be deeds that show that they're coming from their wisdom is coming from these sources, these evil sources. In verse 16, it says, for God or for where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there is disorder in every evil thing. So we can see the deeds done in uh, verse 14. And you might say, well, what deeds were they? Selfish ambition, bitter jealousy. Be considered as deeds because it's what your heart is doing. It's what you're doing with your mind. But just as well as 14 says it, we see in 16 this jealousy and selfish ambition again. And we see that these ways are the ways of the world. With the ways of the world and the entities in it being the source for that wisdom. We'll see it. We'll see from the source. We'll see from these sources things like. The deeds of jealousy, selfish ambition, and even lying. 
These alone are a part of a formula of a plethora of sins. But it can surely be said that they are they are worked out by personal desires of self-righteousness because you have to in your own self find your views, your way, your mind as the most elite to follow it. You have to make that decision. Not what God says, not what godly leaders say, not what my my church family says, none of that. What I say, that's self-righteousness. You may think of jealousy and envy being the same thing, but envy is is more about wanting what others have. So you have a desire to want what one has. But with jealousy, jealousy is these negative emotions, this bitterness and resentment felt when someone else gets what you wanted. So not the thing that they got. But the fact that they got it and you don't. It ignores God's providence. It ignores what God has done for them and others. It hates the receivers of whatever it is. Does that sound like a good source? Does that sound like deeds done from someone that is focused in what God has called them to? Selfish ambition seeks to satisfy the natural desires of the heart by any means necessary. There is no patience. There are no good deeds. If there are good deeds, are they actually good? Because what you would call a good deed, they're not calling a good deed. There is pride and hostility toward people, ignoring the call of God to love thy neighbor. Church, check your motives. We need to check our motives. Let's not get caught up in these snares that will only give us shame, hatred, jealousy and paralysis. But be warned. That deeds just like these. Come from ungodly sources and it will produce ungodly fruit. In Luke six, five. Jesus says the good person out of. Good, the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. But he doesn't stop there. Look at what he says. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. This text is not about good treasure or bad treasure. It's about when you take out good. You do good. When you take in bad, you do bad. Right? It's so simple. You think we you think we'd be perfect at it, right? That's how you know Jesus said it. Because it's perfect. What do you treasure? What is it that you're treasuring? Because where your treasure is, your heart is there also. And if your heart is in wicked things, selfish things, it may not be Satanism. It may not be a false religion. It may not be heresy. It may be, I just want to be lazy. I want to kick back. I don't want to talk to people. 
Or I do want to talk to people and I want all the attention. We can take it any way we want. But if it's motivated by a source that is self-gratifying in things that God has not called us to, called us to have or call us to feel, then it's got to be coming from a different source because it ain't coming from above. But enough of that. Because along with deeds, you see the fruit. And when speaking of fruit, let's look at verse 16 again. When you look at verse 16, you'll see once again what it is that is being produced. You see this key part of the last verse. So it goes past the D's and then it says. They will give you disorder. Every evil thing. So it will not stop at deeds. Sin will always take more and produce more and hunger for more. And man's wicked soul has the capacity to gain all of it, to gain all the whole world and lose his soul. Once again, when looking at Proverbs 14, it shows us that man thinks a way is right and it leads them to death. You may feel justified in your wicked feelings. You may even feel wise in your feelings and self-serving deeds. But it is not of God and it will lead you directly to chaos and every other evil thing. These kind of fruits are the kind of fruits that are church splitting, family wrecking, workplace toxic making. I didn't realize I was going to rhyme. There is no place In the heart of God's people. For this to be produced, God is a God of order. He's holy. And with these sources, with these deeds. You will not have order. You have chaos, you have disorder. Remember, Jesus told us in Matthew 17, 15 through 20, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Guess what? You will know them by their fruit. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. You could say, well, won't we know from the deeds? Yeah. But you'll also know what those deeds produce. We don't do deeds for, for nothing. We, we want results. We want, we want something from the things that we do. And what you will get from these sources are deadly, are confusing, destructive. 
Grapes come from vines, not thorn bushes. Have that picture in your head, how beautiful that is to know that it's that simple. Now, I'd like for us to look at the wisdom that James says is from above. I don't want to I want to take the same amount of time. I don't want to do it the same way to look at the same thing. We want to look at the sources. We want to look at the deeds. We want to look at the fruit. When we see wisdom from above, we can know that James is referring to God. James said earlier in the chapter in uh, chapter one, verse 17, every good thing is given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. So the source of wisdom being from above is not the heavens as far as the sky or space is directly from God. And if we want to understand why he is the source, a good source, and he is he's going to produce all of these other deeds and fruits, we need to know about this source, right? Like you want to know about your source. So let's take some time and actually think about maybe a few attributes of God. First of all, God is not earthly. He is holy. He is set apart. There is none like him. He is not plain. He is absolutely perfect with no imperfections. That's the reason you say that. He's perfect with no imperfections. I'm double downing on it. That's how good he is. He is good. He does not lie. His words are the truth because he is the truth. In Romans eleven thirty three, it proclaims in this doxology of worship, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom of not and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. No one can tell him anything. Seems like a good source. God is not natural. He is infinite. He's eternal. He has no beginning. He has no end. He's outside of time. He's present everywhere at the same time. Nothing can hide from him. No weakness. He's absolute. He is glorious. He's worthy of all of our worship. He is all powerful. His majesty is unmatched. Look at the Grand Canyon, the Milky Way and the ocean and you don't get you don't get close. He's absolutely glorious and his power is just seen throughout creation. He is the only one that can hold everything in his hands. There's nothing natural about that. Our God is good. He's good. His word is sure. It is true. He does not lie. He is just and he calls sinners to salvation. God would still be good if he never gave us mercy, if he never shared his grace. But it is in his salvation that we actually get to experience his goodness. That's the lens we get to look through. That's the, the what the angels sit and wander, sit and wonder. 
They're not questioning anything. They're in absolute awe. How are these sinners called the children of God? We see his, his, his humility, his condescendence. The fact that he would come down to us, we see his grace. It's this gospel of good news that although we were sinners and we were spiritually dead, wrathful enemies and children of Satan, according to Ephesians 2, the father sent the son, Jesus, to die in our place and pay the debt that we could not pay while then giving us his righteousness. Can we ever stop talking about that? What a great exchange. This is not man-made. This is the wisdom of God. And this is the God that freely gives wisdom, real wisdom. He is the source for true wisdom. We may get a little confused with how James is speaking. But when you understand what James is about to say later in the, in the, in the sermon about what wisdom is and produces, you understand The beginning was not wisdom at all. It's a false wisdom. In Matthew 7, 7, 11, Jesus says this about the father. This is our source. Check this out. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be open. What man is there among you when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will give him a snake? Will he? If you then, so you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? We are free to approach the throne of grace boldly, not because of any merit we have, but because of the work of our loving God. It is very wise to remember him like this at all times. Because there will be times of uncertainty in the future. There will be times where you're too certain. But in all of the scenarios, rest on our rock. Rest in our God. You know, it's very interesting how with false wisdom, there has to be something that we produce. In the earthy, natural, demonic realm, if you will, you have to produce something to get those deeds to then have those fruits. God's calling us to rest and to ask You can't do the work. It's not possible. We already saw what you'll produce, what I'll produce. We have to remember that our father is the giver of good gifts. And one thing that he said a lot is that he wants to give us wisdom when we ask. There will be times where it seems like he's far off and he's distant. But just like the prodigal son in the pig pen, remember your father. 
Remember to trust him. Because that's a good source. What are the deeds? What are the deeds of someone or people who's making and putting their trust, having their faith in this source? In God, true wisdom. Verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, unreasonable, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial, free of hypocrisy. We see here that the deeds of, of wisdom here reflect the nature of the source. So as you saw, earthly, natural, demonic, chaos, selfish ambition, jealousy, God, pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial. It goes on. It is pure. There are no hidden motives. It comes from a sincere spirit. When we see peace-loving people, it shows that there is a love for peace that seeks out peace. When you love, when you love something, you seek it. You, you, you try to get it and get it more. These people that trust in this source loves peace. And they love to make peace. They're gentle. There's no aggressiveness. And is that it is in that wisdom that there shows patience and meekness and a tender care. Full of mercy because our God is merciful and we act accordingly. Period. What a shame it is as God's people to not be merciful. We have been shown mercy that is overwhelming and it keeps coming. How dare us act any other way? Good fruits show wisdom. It shows God working in you. It shows your service to him. It is a testimony of the Holy Spirit and his work in you. And we saw a whole chapter on being impartial. We do not show favoritism because God does not show favoritism. And we fulfill the great commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves. And finally, unlike the ones who lie in their arrogance, we having wisdom given to us from our father can be free of hypocrisy. Because we're in Christ. He is the truth. He is our source. And we don't we, we, we see selfish ambition and, 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 and evilness. And when we see that evil and we say that's evil. We don't call that wise. So we are free of hypocrisy. We see in John, first John. Verse four, uh, chapter four, verse 11 through 14. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. We have seen and testify that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world. You see that? God loves us. No one has seen God. 
God's love abides in us. We love each other. And his love is manifested. That means it can be seen. Quick way to put it, when we love each other, we show the world God. When we go out into the world and we are loving toward them, we show them how God feels about them. Just like your child, just like anyone in your house, there'll be a representation of how you feel. If I if if I come out and I am gentle and I'm loving and I'm hospitable, you'll probably think the same of my wife. If you haven't like if you had never met her, you'd probably say, well, I'm assuming his wife is loving and gentle and hospitable. How much so if we are ambassadors of Christ? Should we as representatives of God holding the gospel in our hands? How can we not show his love? It doesn't make sense if he is our source. We act with God's wisdom. We glorify him. We're given this opportunity to show ourselves, the church, the world, God is great and he is making new hearts. We get to show his mission. We also get to show a need for a savior if that love isn't found in you. But lastly, I want to show you what James shows us to be the fruit of the wisdom from above. And the wisdom from above is the fruit of righteousness sown in peace By those who make peace. Righteousness. This fruit will be gained by sowing peace. And those who are wise are wise because God has made peace with his people. They didn't get it themselves. This wisdom cannot be produced by earthly, natural, demonic sources because they cannot seek peace. They do not seek peace. They want chaos, disorder. If you are not a person who is rested in receive Christ. You have no access to this wisdom from above. You have no hope to have peace with God. But you can trust in his wisdom. He's calling you today. Right now to trust and believe in him. Jesus dying on the cross to pay for our sins. Jesus did not sin, but became sin that we would become the righteousness of God. From his wisdom, we have a perfect savior and a perfect salvation to be assured that it is done. And that when we stand before God, there is peace. Glory be to God. He is our peace. Let's look at first Corinthians 118 through 25 for the world of the cross uh, for the world. The cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the understanding of those who have understanding. I will confound. Where is the wise person? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. 
For indeed, Jews ask for signs, Greeks search for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. Here's a promise. But to those who are called, who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God for the foolishness of God is wiser than any man. And the weakness of God is stronger than mankind. What an awesome God. The answer to our disorder or to the disorder from those sources is not more organization. It's not more of the same ideas from the same source. To get rid of poison, you don't take more poison. You take an antidote. But it is... Not the at least it's not the first thing. I'll be fair. Probably can do some organization, but it won't answer the disorder. We first need peace. God gives us that peace. It's so beautiful to be able to find peace in times and situations that the world cannot. And I'm not saying like relish in the world's failures and, and their suffering. But look at it. It has no real answers. It just has quick fixes for long term anxiety. Rest in this fact that righteousness will be gained in peace. We will not have to be selfish or jealous. We will not have to struggle and fight for our desires because God is our portion. And therefore, we can want for nothing. As I close, you may have a thought to evaluate what kind of wisdom you've been using up until now. And that's a, that's a fair thing to do. Ask that question. But what I would say to you first is not to fall into the temptation to look to yourself from better wisdom. I hope that with seeing God for who he is this morning, that you realize he is the one that you are to look to. Look unto him as he gives grace and forgiveness for your foolishness. Look unto him for his desires to change and to be refreshed. Look unto him for your righteousness, for you have none and Christ is all you need. Look unto him for he is our peace and we have peace with him. Wisdom, wisdom may not just be this thing that you you use to get out of struggling or tough times. You just saw in your equip class that. Sometimes wisdom may lead to actual struggles and, and, and persecutions, but be at rest. Because if you feel like you have no wisdom, James in chapter one said, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all generously and without reproach. And it will be given to him. We don't have to rest in ourselves for results for answers, for ideas. We have God. We have Christ.